from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network Studios in Des Moines. I'm Mark Magnuson, and welcome to Iowa Ag Matters. In today's show, Riley will speak with Randy Marks of Sucup to discuss the latest in grain bin technology. I will be joined by Stephanie Wetter, the Director of Animal Welfare with the National Pork Board. And Andy and Dustin will discuss crop insurance and reference prices. It's time now to welcome our hosts, Dustin Huffman and Andy Peterson. All right, Mark, a beautiful Monday across the state of Iowa here on Iowa Ag Matters. Thanks for being here once again, Dustin. Uh, beautiful weekend weather-wise and uh, in the mid-40s, the forecast looks great here. As, uh, most of the snowpack has now been eliminated. Yeah, just a few of those spots that were left in the in the areas where there's still shade being cast throughout most of the day. I've still seen a little snow, but we've even got, I was looking at the forecast this morning because I, you know, forgot my sweatshirt when I was coming in this morning. So I was like, okay, how cold is it going to get this week? And I looked and I saw 54 in the forecast midweek for Des Moines. So, um, yeah, this does not feel like February at all, but... I know a lot of people said they're willing to ride that out as long as they can because <laughs> not often do we get that. So, you know, everybody's like, you know, the, the, the guy I heard on Saturday say something, but he goes, yes, I'm concerned about maybe the fact that we've got could have climate change or there might be global warming. He goes, but I'm not going to mind global warming in February and January, he said. So he goes, maybe in July I'll feel different, but right now I'm going to enjoy it. So, you know, and that's just the way things fluctuate here and there. So, I mean, it's always, always good, but. But, of course, as we get ready for that 2024 growing season, uh, what the weather's going to do is top of mind. I mean, we've had several years of dry conditions, very dry conditions, and we don't want to see that happen as much as we can anymore. But, of course, supply is going to hinge on what the weather does. And speaking of supplies and markets, Mark's got them right now with Greg McBride. Joined today by Greg McBride of Allendale for our discussion to start the week. Greg, what are we seeing taking place on the grains? A little bit backing off of the uh, the markets here, uh, trying to maybe go test uh, contract lows or not contract lows, but uh, recent lows on the uh, on the bean market uh, within about uh, three cents of uh, contract lows of the corn. Uh, you're seeing pressure coming in across uh, all the, uh, the the ag markets uh, at, uh, to start uh, a little bit uh, this this week. So we are going into USDA report. Uh, nothing that really looks crazy at this point. Uh, down about 13 million uh, bushels on the corn side of things for the U.S., uh, up about 5 million bushels on the uh, the soybean side, so getting a little bit uh, a little bit less tight. Uh, that'll be uh, uh, perceived as, as bearish, even though uh, it's it's only 5 million metric ton, or 5 million bushels, but uh, uh, as we go into uh, uh, into this week, we are still concerned about some of these uh, some of this heat and dryness in Argentina. Now that is going to alleviate. We're going to see some rain come in, but that heat might have done a little bit of damage. The problem is we can't quantify that just yet. So uh, it's one of those things where you have to assume we've got a crop down there until they tell us otherwise. And speaking of heat and dryness, Greg, I was looking at the drought monitor for the United States recently, and I don't know if it was uh, just all of the snowfall that we recently got or if it was uh, some rain mixed in with that as well, but we finally started to make a dent in some of those very extreme dry areas, which bodes well for the start of next growing season. Absolutely. This uh, this El Nino that is uh, is starting to weaken uh, has helped us uh, uh, maybe recover a little bit of that soil moisture, especially uh, over the winter where it's been fairly mild. But uh, like you said, there there's been some uh, some snow and some rain as of late. Some of these uh, some of these storms that have come through have done a done a number uh, on uh, bringing back up that uh, that soil moisture, and it doesn't look like it's going to be 
a uh, a major issue as we go into planting at this point. So we'll continue to watch that, but uh, uh, we will be watching for the potential for a shift back to as uh, to La Nina as we talk about uh, uh, El Nino uh, backing off, going back to more of a neutral uh, uh, neutral Enzo. We start to talk about the uh, the uh, La Nina coming back, and that does bring some uh, some dryness to to the plains that can uh, kind of radiate out a little bit, but. That at this point is more of a July, August, or August, September type thing, if it even happens. Well, we're going to hear more from Greg McBride of Allendale coming up a little later on in the program as we continue on with the market analysis here today. Right now, Andy Peterson is standing by. He's got the three big Iowa Ag Matters for this Monday. Number three. Wrapping up, CattleCon 2024, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association annual convention held this year in Orlando, Florida. And as they gathered, USDA released its semi-annual cattle inventory report, which matched moods according to Oklahoma State University Extension Livestock Marketing Specialist, Dr. Darrell Peel. The report really came out pretty close to expectations. Um, However, one of the caveats is that USDA did make some significant revisions to some of last year's numbers. So uh, we were sort of right for the wrong reasons in some sense on this. But bottom line is we're still getting smaller. I mean, that's the the take-home message here in the cattle industry. We're still getting smaller. The all-cattle inventory is down. The beef cow numbers are down. Replacement heifers are down across the board. Now, in regard to rebuilding, he says at some point, the market price will slow down demand. And that means Iowa producers need to start making attempts at retaining heifers. Number two. Adding billions to the U.S. economy is America's soy complex. The numbers look like this. $39.8 billion in the marketing year 2022-2023 with a volume of 67.6 million metric tons. This according to the latest report from the United Soybean Board where the chair Stephen Reinhardt says the shining star was meal exports which broke records for both volume and value. 13.2 million metric tons and 6.91 billion dollars respectively number one a big lull for grain markets driven by a glut of supply according to brian doherty of total farm marketing that's what happens when you have a bigger supply year and you've got low prices and the money flow continues to sell rallies we haven't seen any change in that there's not enough weather in the southern hemisphere to, to capture the the spirit of buyers to jump in and aggressively purchase so you end up with a year like this where the market has to chew through supply so end users buy only as needed farmers got a lot to sell the end user knows it so they're not going to chase the market right now he says at some point we'll find a bottom and a trigger point as far as when well that's anyone's guess I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, you know, we talked last week and it's been the buzz, uh, you know, for all these uh, meetings we've been going to. And that's reference prices and what that's going to do pertaining to crop insurance and everything else. And a lot of updating needing to be done as we uh, watch the Congress kick the farm bill further and further down the road. Andy and I will talk about this coming up right after this message. 
Well, I mentioned last week as we got into the month of February here on Iowa Ag Matters. Thanks for joining us, Andy and Dustin on the Iowa Agri Business Radio Network. It is uh, reference price month for crop insurance. And lo and behold, Dustin, today we've got uh, some conversation about the farm bill and reference prices. Uh, maybe perhaps part of what is stalling Congress out, uh, not necessarily stalled from a progress standpoint, but just unable to get started on things. Uh, it's yeah. kind of a mystery. Farm policy expert Jonathan Coppice writing at agriculture.com that higher reference prices, a key factor in boosting crop subsidies, are a priority of farm groups and their allies, but no proposal has been made public in the past year to increase them. So that's certainly, I guess, one key element going on here. Well, and the one thing I've been reading too into this and seeing what what some of the holdups are in the farm bills, we've been watching this for the past months as to why this still hasn't happened. Reference prices come up a lot of times uh, with some of the very, you know, a lot of the complaints I've been hearing have been coming from either the far left or the far right. I mean, the extremes of both parties have been fighting this and both of them trying to say that this is going to drive up costs at the grocery store and I, you know, for people need to understand how the, these crop insurance programs and reference pricing work. I mean, these aren't set to go into effect unless they're absolutely needed in the event of a massive disaster. And the only reason that reference prices would, they would see that correlation between reference prices being in effect and the, and the price at the grocery store is because a disaster happened and that's going to affect your supply and demand it has nothing to do with the reference pricing going into effect. That's just to make farmers whole in the case of something bad happening, i.e. like the derecho we had a few years back. Yeah, it's a safety net. There's no doubt a, a subsidized one. And it actually should have the opposite effect of um, keeping prices low at the grocery store as in, in the event that the commodity price remains low, then, then they kick in to keep the supply coming rather than the market needing to do the work by increasing in value. So uh, you're absolutely spot on with that. Uh, something to keep in mind and watch here as, again, we set the reference prices for crop insurance to spring prices here this month. Of course, that depends on the market. So far, pretty quiet in the month of February. And of course, um, Greg's fantastic analysis earlier sort of uh, spoke to that but i also found this written by a uh, good iowa ag matters advocate al kleiss who is watching a couple of things one he's watching the south american crop and he's one of the few analysts i've seen that uh, suggests that the total south american crop production may be 500 million bushels less than last year and the total soybean production from the five major countries will be a hundred million bushels less so the soybean crop as a whole may be getting smaller which would be bullish to price the early forecasts in the united states conditions planning wise in the delta in february and early march usually provide a hint in the corn belt as well so um there are some reasons even though the market has been kind of boring for the last uh, weeks and months why the, we may get a spark or at least could sometime soon. More on Iowa Ag Matters in just a moment. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. 
In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa Ag News and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Well, still to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, conversation from the Iowa Ag Expo, which uh, wrapped up last week in central Iowa. And next, a look at statewide basis prices and cash crop prices. Dustin Hoffman with the latest update right around the corner on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Time to run down some elevator prices for you here on Iowa Ag Matters for this February the 5th. I'm Dustin Huffman. Starting at 8 a.m. Burlington, there are a dime under on corn, 429. Soybeans, 12 cents under at 1171. Cargill and Eddyville, 2 cents under on their corn. They're at 441 for a cash bid. New Co-op Algona, a dime under on corn, 429. Soybeans, 55 cents under. Cash bid, 1128. Ag State Sheldon, they're a dime over on corn, 449. Soybeans, 72 cents under at 1111. Ag State Elta, a dime under on corn, cash bid 429. Soybeans, 62 cents under at 1121. Cargill Cedar Rapids, a dime over on corn, 449. Soybeans, 15 cents under, cash bid 1168. Nexus Co-op, Marble Rock, they're 8 cents under on corn, 431. Soybeans, 52 cents under at 1131. Lincoln Way Ethanol Nevada, even today, cash corn bid 439. ADM Des Moines, they are 8 cents under on soybeans, cash bid 1175. New Co op Red Oak, a dime under on corn, 429. Soybeans, 50 cents under at 1133. Mid Iowa Cooperative Green Mountain, 22 cents under at 417. Soybeans, 50 cents under at 1133. New Co op Sheraton, they're 20 cents under on corn today, 419. Soybeans, 55 cents under with a cash bid 1128. Walk on Feed Ranch, 17 cents under on corn, 422. Soybeans, 61 cents under at 1122. New Co-op Glidden, they're a dime under on corn, cash bid 429. Soybeans, 50 cents under at 11.33. Innovative Ag Services of Farley, 13 cents under on corn, they're at 426. Soybeans, 52 cents under with a cash bid at 11.31. And Cargill Muscatine closed for the season. They'll reopen April 1st. The office is open for regular business. Cash corn and soybean bids are subject to change without notice. Always check with your local elevator when making sales to obtain the most recent price. And that's been a check some of the elevator prices here on Iowa Ag Matters. We've got more coming up right after this. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. We've got more to come yet on Iowa Ag Matters, including a complete rundown of the midday numbers coming up very soon. Andy and Mark will have those grain and livestock market numbers for you. Also, don't forget, you can get free market analysis sent right to your phone and mobile device through the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network Market Podcast. You can find them on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and Podbean. More Iowa Ag Matters coming up. Stay with us. 
lot of conversation at Iowa Ag Expo about grain bin technology and perhaps upgrading our operations. The latest and greatest uh, always on display at the Sookup booth and Riley Smith gets the lowdown from Randy Marks right now. Uh, first off, Randy, just tell us a little bit about some of the new products that you guys have here on display. Well, thank you, Riley. I uh, appreciate this opportunity. Uh, some of the new things we've got here today, we've got our new paddle sweeps out. Uh, they've been a really uh, top uh, seller and uh, attention getter at the shows that we've been involved in. Uh, we've got our mixed flow dryer with the vacuum cooling. That's a feature that none of the competition has currently. Um, and then we've also got uh, our new triple run conveyor. So it gives you some different uh, options for receiving pits and some things like that. Now, uh, obviously, you know, every farm kid's favorite task over the summer, uh, you know, they can all speak to it is uh, getting that grain sweep in and uh, being in the bins and, and scooping on that. So just tell us a little bit about that paddle sweep and uh, kind of how it helps out farmers and maybe how it stands out from the uh, rest of the competition. Yeah, Riley. So the paddle sweep, the nice thing about that is those kids don't have a summer job anymore. Plus, we don't want those kids, we don't want anybody in those grain bins when they're being swept out. It's a very dangerous uh, place, environment in there. Uh, we do a, a good job of trying to uh, state that on the stickers and things on the doors. But with this sweep, it's truly a zero-entry sweep, so you engage it. You let it go around the bin a couple of times, and there's no need to really get in there and enter it. We've got a YouTube video out there that will actually show you how this thing works. If you're, you're kind of questioning that or you want to show your friends, if you're at the show, check us out. We're in booth 2400. Excellent. And then uh, just speaking on the drying side of things as well, obviously, you know, uh, farmers have been underway with the drying process for quite a while. But just thinking on that side of things, uh, uh, just always looking for new improvements. So uh, go a little more in depth on uh, just what you have to offer there as well. All right. So that new mixed flow dryer that I was talking about, so that, that dryer is the only mixed flow dryer on the market that allows you to do the vacuum cooling with the bottom screen section like a traditional screen dryer has. Uh, it brings that, uh, you know, air, that nice cool air through that grain as it's cooling, recycles it up through the uh, burner and, and makes that a very efficient uh, drying system. So reclaiming the heat off that grain that you would normally lose just to the outside air. So it makes it, uh, you know, very unique and we have that patented actually. So uh, not a lot of other people can, can offer that at this time. Uh, the other thing that we, you'll see in our bin here, we do promote grain safety and making sure that that grain is, uh, you got the proper fans for cooling, you got the proper fans for uh, just regular storage to make sure you get those fronts completely moved, that mass of grain, so you don't have any spoilage or any of those problems to, you know, plug up your sumps and things when you do start cleaning out your bins. All right, Randy, lots of great information today. Uh, for those of our farmer listeners who'd be interested in learning more about uh, what Sukup has to offer, how can they do that? So you can go online. Uh, we're at www.sukup.com. Uh, we've got our literature in there, so you can go in and look at any of these products. Uh, some links in there to maybe some things on the video if you want to get on YouTube and search some of our videos. We've got a lot of informational videos out there uh, on a lot of our products, so feel free to check us out or, like I said, look up one of these farm shows, Iowa Ag Expo here today, I mean, uh, here all week, and then we're going to also be in Louisville, Kentucky, at, you know, at the National Farm Machinery Show coming up here in a couple weeks. All right, Randy, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Riley. Well, great information there, as always, from Iowa Ag Expo and our friends over at Sukup Manufacturing. Always great to see the latest of what we're doing here 
with that green storage. Well, Andy Peterson is stopping by again with his three big Iowa Ag Matters, so let's listen in. Number three. Wrapping up, CattleCon 2024, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association annual convention held this year in Orlando, Florida. And as they gathered, USDA released its semi-annual cattle inventory report, which matched moods according to Oklahoma State University Extension Livestock Marketing Specialist, Dr. Darrell Peel. The report really came out pretty close to expectations. Um, However, one of the caveats is that USDA did make some significant revisions to some of last year's numbers. So uh, we were sort of right for the wrong reasons in some sense on this. But bottom line is we're still getting smaller. I mean, that's the the take-home message here in the cattle industry. We're still getting smaller. The all-cattle inventory is down. The beef cow numbers are down. Replacement heifers are down across the board. Now, in regard to rebuilding, he says at some point, the market price will slow down demand. And that means Iowa producers need to start making attempts at retaining heifers. Number two. Adding billions to the U.S. economy is America's soy complex. The numbers look like this. $39.8 billion in the marketing year 2022-2023 with a volume of 67.6 million metric tons. This according to the latest report from the United Soybean Board where the chair Stephen Reinhardt says the shining star was meal exports which broke records for both volume and value. 13.2 million metric tons and 6.91 billion dollars respectively number one a big lull for grain markets driven by a glut of supply according to brian doherty of total farm marketing that's what happens when you have a bigger supply year and you've got low prices and the money flow continues to sell rallies we haven't seen any change in that there's not enough weather in the southern hemisphere to, to capture the the spirit of buyers to jump in and aggressively purchase so you end up with a year like this where the market has to chew through supply so end users buy only as needed farmers got a lot to sell the end user knows it so they're not going to chase the market right now he says at some point we'll find a bottom and a trigger point as far as when well that's anyone's guess I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Things not slowing down anytime soon as we look ahead to uh, AAI, Agribusiness Association of Iowa, showcase next week. A new location this year, Dustin, and I'll be moderating an insurance panel on Monday afternoon. But that's always a great gathering of uh, ag industry professionals in Iowa as well. Yes, that it is. It's always a great time to get uh, great information. Update your education. I know a lot of CCA credits are offered there as well at that event. So if you're needing to do some of those and get those updated and or at least uh, get some more under your belt here for 2024, great opportunity to do that. And even if you're not there to get the credits, you have a lot of great information to get as well. Well, we got the markets coming up here. As we said, kind of a quiet day. Andy and Mark are going to have those grain and livestock numbers for you next here on Iowa Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network online at iowaagnet.com.
This is the Midday Market Update on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. Over the weekend, there were attacks by the U.S. on Houthi positions in Yemen. Markets appear largely unfazed by this news, but it could potentially lead to more aggression against vessels in the Red Sea, as well as U.S. positions in the Middle East. This week's USDA report is expected to have relatively few changes, but U.S. grain exports could be reduced due to strong global competition. Argentina was hot and dry over the weekend, but both the American and European weather models are in agreement that Argentina will have good chances for rain later in the week. Despite trying to stimulate the economy, China's economy continues to lag. It's also cause for concern that China will have lower food demand and import less feed and protein. CFTC data showed that the fund short position in the soy complex continued to grow, adding to pressure on futures. If they begin to exit these positions, it could lead to a short-covering rally, but so far they have little incentive to do so. Brazil's soybean production is estimated to be 157 million metric tons by the USDA and 155 by CONAP. However, private estimates continue to be lower than both estimates, ranging from 135 million metric tons to 150. That's the latest on the grains. Here's Andy Peterson with more livestock news. And here are the livestock numbers, starting in the beef trade, where we see daily estimated slaughter totals at 124,000 head, 3,000 more than a week ago and a year ago. As far as box movement goes, prices are mixed. 107 loads of choice cuts selling down a buck 86 at 293.08. Select 22 cents higher, 283.47 on 22 loads of movement. And the spread is under $10, narrowing to just 9.61. Now, as far as the pork trade goes, slaughter totals coming in at 487,000 head. Excuse me, 487,000 head. That is uh, quite a few, 12,000 more than a week ago and 6,000 more than a year ago. As far as the cash markets go, let's wrap up Friday's trade here as we get going on a brand new week from uh, USDA and their daily direct afternoon hog report. Barrels and gilts producers sold on a carcass basis negotiated purchases. Fairly light run, only 2,700 head of movement with the weighted average price at 61.76, sharply lowered on $1.59. The formula purchases, weighted average price 72.82. The market was flat on 182,000 head of sales. Now, as far as what's happening today, 2,100 head have been sold at midday in the market, 48 cents lower negotiated purchases at least, 6201 the weighted average price. Formula purchases, a strong run already, 164,000 head, and the market is sharply higher. 74.26, we're $1.75 stronger. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. At midday, March corn is down one and a half at 441 and a quarter. March soybeans down a half cent at 1188 even. March soybean meal up $1.60 at 35840. March soybean oil up 20 cents at 4493. On the Merck, February live cattle up 5 cents at 18060. March feeder cattle down $1.50 at 24330. February lean hogs down 62 cents at 7482. That was a check of the Midday Markets on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson.
Well, continuing on with that market analysis from Greg McBride at Allendale. He's talking now with Mark Magnuson, getting us caught up on what's happening with those cattle and hogs. On the other side of the ag marketplace, what's happening in the livestock complex? Livestock uh, on the uh, on the uh, cattle side of things does still look good. We're holding this uptrend. Uh, we uh, we found uh, strength to uh, to close out last week, uh, so the uh, the fat cattle market uh, does still look very good. We retested that uh, 184 level against the uh, the April contract as we went into uh, into option expiration for the February. So the April is now your your main contract for uh, uh, for volume and open interest, and and it, it looks good. I, I think we're uh, we're up against a little bit of uh, resistance on the charts when coming into uh, to longer term moving averages. But as far as right now, uh, it's it's doing okay. You go out to the uh, to the hog side of things, and it's uh, it's a little bit mixed. The uh, the the side of things with the with China are, are still a little bit up in the air, but as far as anything, we're still holding a an uptrend, and that looks pretty good. We're, we've been uh, we've seen a couple of times where we've seen the market take off. It's backed off and gone and gone a little bit sideways, but now it's taken off again. We did finish with a slightly higher move on uh, uh, on Friday after a couple of down days, but uh, really those couple of down days didn't hurt us uh, after what we had seen on uh, on Tuesday. Strong move higher. And speaking of the recent strong move higher for the hogs, when you look at it, are you looking at this as more of a technical move of just kind of the natural correction of the numbers, or is there an outside source that's causing this in your opinion? Well, I think we're we're starting to see um, uh, the uh, the the meat side of things uh, start to uh, to rebound, and that's that's helping the pork. Uh, uh, Pork is seeing uh, seeing better demand. We've seen good demand uh, to start the year for uh, for exports as well. So I think that's uh, that's starting to uh, to add on to uh, uh, to what we're seeing as far as this recovery uh, that we've we've basically been seeing for about the last uh, uh, four to five weeks. Greg McBride of Allendale, our guest here today. Greg, thanks so much for the time. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information? Give us a call at 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538. Thanks so much, sir. Have a great week. All right. Thanks, Mark. Hi, my name is Ethan Smith, and I've been a certified crop advisor in Iowa for about six years. The Iowa CCA program is valuable to me because it helps keep me informed on new topics and research around the industry, including soils, insects, diseases, and much more. It's also a great way to network with others around the state and beyond. Iowa is known for its crops, and that's why we're here. To learn more about becoming a certified crop advisor, visit iowacca.org. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Still processing a lot of information that was uh, disseminated at Iowa Pork Congress. Great event. Uh, Mood looking better, certainly in the pork industry, which is fantastic news as the margins look better as well. Always updates, including in the uh, Pork Quality Assurance PQA program. And Mark Magnuson dives into that subject here coming up on your authentic, official, and trusted voice of Iowa agriculture. Thanks for being here on Iowa Ag Matters. More in just a moment.
Certainly there are a lot of things that happen out in the countryside that may not be as well known to consumers as they should be in regard to ensuring quality pork center of plate guest and or products. Uh, those encompassed, of course, in the Pork Quality Assurance PQA program. And Mark Magnuson gets the latest updates from Stephanie Wetter at the National Pork Board, now on Iowa Ag Matters. Mark Magnuson for the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, and I'm here today at Iowa Pork Congress 2024, and I'm at the National Pork Board booth, and I'm with Stephanie Wetter. And Stephanie, could you please tell us what your role is within the National Pork Board? Sure. I am the Director of Animal Welfare for National Pork Board. So a lot to talk about when it comes to that, specifically right now, because we've been learning a lot about the certification process. Let's start off with TQA and PQA compliance. And for someone that doesn't know the ins and outs of the hog industry, what do those two terms mean? Sure. Those are our two main certification programs for the pork industry. PQA or PQA Plus stands for Pork Quality Assurance. So this is teaching our producers the everyday goings on of what we do in the barn, right? The basics of caring for your animals, the basics of animal handling, responsible antibiotic use, those types of things. TQA is Transport Quality Assurance. So this is a certification and training program specifically designed for those animal handlers and animal transporters, understanding that our commitment to our pigs does not stop at the farm gate. And that's interesting as well, too, because those are two things that are always evolving, I would assume, and updating to the current times. So what does that process look like? Is that a year to year? Is that a few year cycle? What is the process? We do have a process of continuing to update these different certification programs. Both TQA and PQA Plus are on a three-year renewal cycle. Uh, Every year, every three years, these programs are updated, and every three years, our producers must become uh, recertified. With this process and uh, aligning these two different timelines, we're ensuring that the content in these training programs are going to be new and relevant for our producers and for our transporters, so they're not going through and hearing the same old information. And apart from just the obvious of animal wellness, what are the important aspects of TQA and PQA? Why are they so important? Yeah, these programs are important not just for sharing this information back out to our producers and for teaching new producers as they come into the industry, but they're really important in building trust within our supply chain, right? So um, our producers, our uh, retailers, and the rest of our supply chain recognize these programs. So Stephanie, where are we at right now in that cycle of the updates with TQA and PQA. Yeah, so we've got that constant revision cycle. TQA version 7 came out in 2023. Very happy to announce that and the changes with uh, that specific program. The next version of PQA is coming out in 2025. Uh, We've got some great new content for that, but we do have a new and exciting announcement about these programs for PQA Plus, PQA Site Assessment, and TQA. Last year, 2023, USDA came out and granted ISO compliance to these different programs, recognizing that this suite of certification and training programs align with the World Organizations of Animal Health's international standards for animal welfare. Now, producers may not recognize who the World Organization of Animal Health is or even uh, these international standards or what they mean, but those who would be exporting pork or selling pork internationally, and certainly our international customers, will recognize these standards. So this is 
a huge plus for the pork industry as a whole and certainly for our producers who can be proud in what they're already doing, right? This is not requiring anything extra for our producers uh, to have this added bonus. This is something they've been doing for years, more than 15 years now in this space, continuing and showing that continuous improvement. So something that we can all be proud of. And that's kind of how I understood it too when that announcement was made that it's not that they're going back and reassessing everything from start zero or from the very first step. It's going back and looking at how producers have done things and saying, you know what, they've been doing things the right way and we can now sign off on that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're so happy to build on this legacy of focusing on animal welfare and food safety and this legacy of continuous improvement. She is Stephanie Wetter with the National Pork Board. Thanks so much for the time here today, Stephanie, and have a great rest of the show. Yes, thank you. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Well, just like that, we're at the end of our first Iowa Ag Matters for the week. And first full week of February, hard to believe we're already rolling that way. But looking forward to talking to you guys again more tomorrow. And, of course, thanks to Andy for being here, Mark for all his work, and Riley for all the -the behind-the-scenes production work. And, of course, thanks to you for listening out there. We'll be back tomorrow on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Have a great day.